we started a series called Knowing My Life's Direction. You see, God wants to direct us. He wants you and I to have an idea where we're going. You have to know where you are before you can know where you're going. All right? And, of course, we've talked a little bit about this in the previous message, the fact that, first of all, you do need to know your final destination. We talked about heaven and hell, and there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. So we talked about that, and I'm looking around, and I believe you're saved, the ones that are here today, but that's a pretty important thing to know. Where's my final destination? But then there's something that's just as important. Do you know your life's journey or the life's direction? Because knowing that you're going to get to heaven is great, but if you have no idea what you're supposed to do here, you are going to be a miserable Christian. You're going to be a frustrated Christian. You're going to be a believer who doesn't like their life. And that's a bad thing. Because a believer who's angry and frustrated doesn't shine a bright light for people to follow. As a matter of fact, they kind of push people away. So you need to know, what is my life's direction? Now I've said this before and I'll say it again today. You don't need a crystal clear picture of every part of your journey. But you do need to at least know what is your next what is the next goal, the next stopping point? Because if you don't know that, friend, you're going around lost. Do you ever go to the city and drive aimlessly? No, you have a spot you're going to go. Now, I don't know what your favorite store is in Edmonton or Fort Mac. I don't know if they have stores in Fort Mac. Oh, okay, they do. Okay, yeah, okay. But... You probably have a store, and when you first go to the city, you're going to go to your favorite store first. You know it's open at this time. And then you always go to Walmart last because it's open really late, and, you know, we have a Walmart here, right? But you purposely know where you're going to go. If it's Home Depot, you're going to go to Home Depot. You're going to punch it into your GPS nowadays, I'm old enough, I remember the days when we had paper maps that you folded out and you drew on there where you were going to go if it was a long trip. Anybody else use paper maps? Wow, I'm getting older. Okay. <laughs> paper maps were a thing, but now no, you punch in the GPS. But there's even different directions to go on the GPS to get to Home Depot. And there's more than one Home Depot in Edmonton. So which one do you want to go to? You see, there is a path for you called your life's path and God has designed it and destined you to walk it but you need to know where to start. My wife and I have never gone to Edmonton and just said let's see where we go. I drive like that sometimes but it's because I'm talking to the passenger. I found out, well, my wife found out a long time ago when I'm driving, I want to be focused on the person I'm talking to, and I will turn and look at them, and then the vehicle goes wherever. But anyhow, we're, we still kind of know where we're going. And uh, early on in our marriage, we realized she's a better driver in the city, so we switch before we get into the city, and then I can look at her and talk the whole time because I'm not driving. 
but you do need to know where you're headed. You see, Proverbs 3, verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. God delights in showing you things. You simply need to ask and have your spirit open to hear. You see, Scripture says God is not the author of confusion. And Paul said in churches, things should be done decently and in order. In other words, there's a plan, there's a purpose, there's a path. You see, having no direction is very confusing. If you're going to go to your friend's house and you ask, well, how do I get there? Again, GPS does help. But if they don't know the address and they say, well, just, you know, you go down Main Street and then you turn right at the Cal Tire and then you go past the airport and then you hang a left down the dusty road. But pretty soon you're confused, aren't you? You need direction and you need it to be clear. All right. Do you know your next stopping point or your next goal? I want you to think about that for a minute as we continue on. Do you know? If you're here today and you're feeling kind of lost and confused with your life, you're in the right place because God's going to help deal with that confusion. Today, we're going to specifically look at the fact that God wants to direct us through Scripture. Now, we talked about a few ways He directs. We're going to focus on one today and we'll focus on a couple others in the weeks ahead. God wants to direct us through his scripture. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. This word is a lamp or a light to your path. So if you're completely confused, start to get into the word to begin with. It will give you some basic life guidance that will make all the difference. Okay, so this is one of the first things as a believer you need to do. You need to regularly read this book called the Bible. When you do that, you begin to gain wisdom and insight for life that is amazing. Psalm 119 verse 66 says this, I believe in your commands, now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. The psalmist said, Lord, I'm able to do things better. I'm able to follow this path better now that I listen to your word. And he said God disciplined him first. Okay, that's it. We're moving on. I don't want you to leave. We'll keep going here. But... When we choose not to follow his word, things don't go so well. We'll get to that a little bit later, though. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 is an amazing portion of Scripture. And Moses is giving the word and God's rules and how to follow him to the people, God's people. And he tells them, if you follow these Words that I'm giving you, God's laws, God's ways, you'll be blessed. And then he says, but if you don't, it will bring a cursing. 
Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 6. Let's look at the blessings. It says, Now it will come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commands which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. You want your business to be blessed? Do it God's way. You want to be noticed, seen, and lifted up? Do it God's way. And he says, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. God's blessings don't have to be searched out like treasure. Okay, there's a verse that says to seek him and to seek his ways, but the blessings when you're doing what he asks overtake you. Oh, that's good. Blessings overtake us when we follow his way. He says, they'll overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. They go together. When you obey, the blessings overtake you. I like that. So you're going along, doing what God's asked. Okay, Lord, you said this, this is what I'm going to do. And blessings are chasing you down. I, I need you to understand this because sometimes we think, well, I got to look for the blessing. I got to work it up. I got to make it happen. No, you just have to obey. You're obeying, you're faithfully doing your job to the best of your ability. You're tithing like his word says to do to your local church. You're just doing your thing and the blessings overtake. You're giving to the poor. Lord's put on your heart to help somebody. You're helping them. The blessings overtake. They chase you down. If blessings are overtaking you, that means you actually can't get away from them if you're obeying Him. You don't have to run after riches. You don't have to focus really hard and try with all your might to chase down a blessing. You just obey. I love it. Blessings overtake you because you obey. Well, let me keep going because there's a few more and I'm going to Focus more on the blessing than the others for you, okay? Just because I don't want to leave you to go home depressed, all right? Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the country. Blessed will be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. I want to encourage you, if you're a believer, to memorize this verse and declare it over your family, over whatever you're doing if you're a believer and you're obeying Him. Okay? Declare it. I thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed everywhere I go. I thank you your blessings overtake me. I thank you I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I don't have flocks and herds, but my wealth... My increase is blessed. You see, flocks and herds was their income, was their wealth source for most of them. So that's what he's speaking in there to you and I. Our source of increase is blessed. The business doesn't dry up. There's a blessing when we obey. From verse 1 to 14, I just went to verse 6. But from 1 to 14 lists all the blessings when we follow God's commands. Unfortunately, verses 15 
268 lists the curses when we decide we don't need to follow what he asks. Someone say, ouch. If you're a mathematician, that's 14 verses about blessing and 54 about cursing. I think God wants us to obey. What do you think? I think he's trying to make it really clear. Don't do your own thing. It's not good. Now, thankfully, we are not under the Old Testament law, but yet we still follow the things that please God, and we know and learn his heart by what we read here. Okay, and he hasn't changed his mind. He hated sin then, he hates sin now. He said, don't steal then, he still says, don't steal now. He said, honor your mother and father then, he still wants us to honor our father and mother now. Did you know when you dishonor your father and mother, that's not obeying. And if you continue in that, you will not have the blessing overtake you. You will have problems. I don't like the word cursing, but you will have problems. You know, if you were here last weekend, we really prayed and dealt with some cursing of words and even spiritual witchcraft types of cursing. And oh my goodness, you have to deal with that at times. You have to trample on it by your authority. But there's another kind of trouble that you are not going to deal with simply by declaring and breaking. It's trouble that you've brought on by sin. There's only one way to deal with that. And if there are troubles and things happening and you've broken everything off and you say, okay, God, am I in sin in some way and he reveals it, then deal with it. And you deal with it by going to Jesus. Lord, thank you for revealing that. Or maybe you already know what the issue is. This is not okay. Forgive me, I repent. Let me be free. I don't want this trouble following me. I want your blessing following me. Okay? If you're not able to deal with it on your own, get somebody to help. Because you can't afford to stay there and let trouble follow you. All right? It's why God gave us church. He gave us one another. He gave us friends and family that we can work together and help one another. It's why it tells us in the scripture, if you see a brother or sister fall, go to them with meekness and try to restore them. Go to them humbly and see if you can restore them. See, our job as believers isn't to judge or destroy anybody. Our job is to say, hey, this is going to cause a lot of problems. Can we work on it? We care about you too much to leave you there. And we get opportunity from time to time to help people through things. And I'm giving you this news. It's good news. I'm showing you how you can live life on the good path that he has. If you're on a path that seems like nothing but ruts and potholes and you're stuck, sometimes you need someone to help pull you out. You've maybe done everything on your own you can, but you need someone to help pull you out. Anybody here ever gone four by fouring and got stuck? 
Like really stuck? Did you call someone to help pull you out? <laughs> I hope so. You know, some guys, they're into this 4x4. Four four. They got winches and jacks and they'll put trees. I've heard stories of my wife's uh, dad. He would go hunting. He didn't own a 4x4, four four, so he'd go with a car or a van, whatever they happened to own. And he had uh, one of those big old jacks and a chainsaw, or actually I think it was just like a handsaw, a Swede saw. And he would go anywhere 4x4s four went. If he got stuck... He would get some, saw down some logs, he'd jack up the truck and he'd throw logs under until he could get himself out. But there are times when you can't do it on your own. And there is no better feeling than seeing that other truck drive up, especially if you've been there all night <laughs> and you're hungry. <laughs> and they drive up and they have got a tow rope. And they don't get mad at you. They don't throw you under the truck. They don't tell you you're stupid and useless. They're like, I've been where you are. Thanks for calling me because now I can show off my Dodge truck. Because <laughs> here's a Chevy here, let me tell you. And they pull you out. Man, oh man, it is a good thing. Church, can we have that attitude when we see somebody stuck? When we see somebody fall, when we see somebody crash. Let's pull them. Let's tow them out. So church, your life's journey, your path, if it seems to be full of trouble, first let's pray like we did last weekend. Let's break things off. If that trouble is connected to some type of disobedience to God, then just be honest with yourself and God and do a repent. Do you know what repent means? Repent means a 180 turn. I'm doing it my way. I don't care. Oh, this is no fun. I'm not doing it my way anymore. God's way is better. Is it always easy? No. But you must. You must, you must, you must. You see, repentance isn't a feeling. Repentance is a choice. And God's word gives us clear directions on how to live life in obedience and how to live life abundantly. You can go through life living abundantly how God wants, or you can go through life living miserably your own way. I remember hearing a story years ago. There was a gentleman, he was coming from England to America. And he had saved up everything he could, but he, you know, he didn't have a lot. And so he came up with a plan, and he packed his suitcase full of crackers because he knew the crackers wouldn't go bad on the long boat ride. They, they took a lot longer back in those days. This was back with steam engine time. And so he had his suitcase full of crackers. And he got there on the ship, and he was like... You know, all these other people can afford all these meals and this is fancy, but he went down in the bottom of the ship and he just sat there eating these crackers. And the crackers were getting less and less. You know, he just spent days. His crackers were almost gone and someone came down in the bottom of the ship and they found him. They said, what are you doing here? Well, I can't afford all that fancy food. 
And the guy looked at him and said, you bought a ticket. It's all included. The whole thing. Well, some of us do life like that. Oh, poor me. So miserable. Nobody likes me. Oh, stop. Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and life more abundantly. What? That's right. You don't have to sit in the dark in the ship and eat crackers. He's provided much more than that. If you like crackers tonight, I'm sorry. I just, that was a true story. All right? So, abundance is something God wants you to walk in in your life. I'm just going to say that now because it's scriptural. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, you who disobey doesn't matter how good of a show you put on. It doesn't matter that you understand how to pray for people. You see, you can understand how all this works, but if you choose to continue disobeying him and living in sin, he says, I don't know you. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And that's where you hear the Sunday school story. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Woo! And the rains came a-tumbling down. Anyways, I can't remember the whole song anymore, but the rains come down. The house on the rock stands firm. I know you're probably thinking, Pastor Dan, we know this. I am giving you the basics for a good life journey tonight. This is the rock bottom. This is like the foundation. If you don't get this right... You can do all the rest. You can be the best prayer warrior there is, the best worship person there is. If you don't get the bedrock, you're going to have a frustrating, confusing life. You're going to be miserable. Get this part right. Obey Him. The word obey is not a term that a lot of people like anymore. But obedience, he said, is better than sacrifice. And he said rebellion which is disobedience to him, is the same as witchcraft. Um, hold on a minute here. I know all of you. None of you would be like practicing witchcraft. And I think most people who are believers would not be thinking, I'm going to do something evil, but yet when we disobey him because we feel we know better or we don't care, He says, that's the same as the sin of witchcraft. And guess what? That does not bring a blessing. Hello. The blessing goes the other way. It only overtakes you when you're obeying. Okay, everybody got that? I know there's probably one or two right now. You should go teach kids ministry. Like, we got this a long time ago. Hey, I believe we're supposed to share it clear, plain, and simple. And I found out sometimes people get so smart, they forget the basics. They become foolish. Scripture actually says that. Thinking themselves to be wise, they became fools. Don't get too smart. Get 
the basics. So your life's journey, your life's plan, you need this firm foundation. Obey his word. I'm going to say it now. I'll probably say it again. If you haven't been in his word and you need some wisdom for life, read the Proverbs, all of them. There's a lot of one-liners in the Proverbs that are life wisdom. Read them. Then read them again. Some great wisdom there, okay? Obviously, all the Bible's full of wisdom, but there's some great wisdom Proverbs. Read the book of John, and then read through it. Go and read some of those crazy sacrifices and laws that we no longer have to do because of Jesus. Go ahead and read all the way through and begin to learn the God you're obeying. And you will find out He's good. His mercy endures forever. He loves you. But He also says He's a jealous God. Okay? He's a God that says, come serve me and no other. He said you should have no other gods before me. I know jealous can be a good word when it's God. Wow, he wants you, and he wants you to obey. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I read those so that you could see that Jesus echoed the same thing that God said back in Deuteronomy. Obey. Obedience brings blessing. Remember, you obey, the blessings overtake. You disobey, the blessing leaves. So, we've got a few minutes. I'm going to look at a few important life journey questions some basic ones that Scripture just tells you right off the bat so you can just know. When you're on your life journey, these are given things, okay? It's kind of like driving a pickup truck. Maybe you own a truck. It's a gas engine. There's some basic things you know about that vehicle. It's going to need gas to go anywhere, and you will have to change the oil sometimes. Get the basics, your journey will be better if you put gas in it and if you change the oil. Anybody forgot to change the oil for too long? No. Anybody driven one of those trucks that burns blue smoke out the back? Nobody's driven one of those? Wow, you guys really are blessed. Anybody driven behind one? Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. What happened? Well, somebody forgot the basics or they had no money and they couldn't look after it but when you're blessed you learn the basics and you look after it. well your life there's some basics in scripture you got to do and if you ignore them everything may look fine for a while you can ignore those basics and just you know i'm not going to change the oil i don't think i need to put gas in it it's too expensive it's too expensive thanks to that carbon stuff. I'm not putting any more in. I, I refuse. Okay. You will go for a while and everything will seem okay. But you will stall at some point in the middle of the highway 
you'll need to pull over, and everybody will drive by you going, he didn't put any gas in. Your life is the same with God. He has some things that are basics for you and I. If we ignore them, I wish that if we ignored him, something would happen immediately, so we'd be like, oh, that was stupid. But God allows us, in his mercy, to sometimes go longer, and then we find out the hard way. Let me give you some basic things. The marriage question. Now, no, this is not should I get married, but the marriage question, the basics. Proverbs 8, 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. So is God's word telling us marriage is good? Yes, it is. Marriage is good. And I have favor from the Lord. So the basics of marriage, marriage is good. Marriage is ordained by God. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 2 says, Because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So scripture tells us very clearly that those who practice sexual immorality will not enter the kingdom of God. And you can read that in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 to 10, if you want. I didn't even put it here. I'm not trying to focus on the not so good, but I'm going to tell you clear. And I believe those of you who care are going to go read that later. What verse was it? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. You're not going to read it later, are you? Okay, hang on. I'm going to find it for you here. 1 Corinthians 6... 9 and 10, talking about relationships, talking about sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You can read that in whatever version you want. It says the same thing. So, do you want to be blessed? Do you want God's favor? Then you got to do it the way he said. He made it clear in these scriptures we just read. So, basic life journey question. If having a family or being fulfilled physically with a partner are part of your life's direction then you need to be married according to God's definition of marriage. He said, let every man have a wife, let every, let every wife have a husband. There's no confusion. Okay, there's some basic ground level, the blessing will overtake you stuff right there. So if in your life journey, let me just say this again, I feel like I'm making this too simple, but sometimes you need to. If you feel that in your life journey, you are wanting to be married or fulfilled physically with a partner, it's part of God's direction, having a family, having kids, then you need to be married according to God's definition of marriage. All right. Here's another life question. Should work be a part of my life journey? You've all heard me preach about work before, so you know the answer to this, but let me give you some scripture People wonder about things like this in their life. 
Do you know there are some people who do not want any work in their life? They live miserably. They struggle. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. And Ephesians 4.28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. So, basic life here for your journey. If eating and providing are a part of your life's direction, then you'll have to work. (laughs) Did you guys not get that? I said if eating and providing are a part of your life's journey, you'll have to work. That was kind of like a pastor joke there. You're... (laughs) Yeah, everybody wants to eat. Okay, so yes, work is a part. Scripture gives those basics. You're all here, you're hardworking people. Do you know there are people who don't know why they have to work? They think it's unfair. Or maybe when they grew up, they got punished. Whenever they did something wrong, all right, now you're doing an extra chore. Parents, do not make work punishment. Work is something God ordained for us to do. He created Adam, put him in the garden to work it. Do not make work a punishment. I will say it again. Your kids will grow up to think work is punishment. Well, I get a check, but I'm just being punished. No. Work is good for you. Work can be enjoyable and fulfilling, especially if you're doing what God has called you to do in your work. Woo! All right. Church questions. And I'm going to wrap it up here pretty quick. Should church be a part of my life journey? Because you know, some people ask this question now. Since COVID, there's some Christians who ask this question. Do I really need to go to church? Honestly, there's believers who no longer attend anywhere. They asked the question and came up with the wrong answer because they didn't look here. Matthew 16 and verse 17, and I'm reading from the message translation. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. He had just asked them who they thought he was, and Peter had given the right answer. You're the Christ. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Jesus built this church. He began it. The church, the word means a group of believers who gather together in a public place. If you're a believer, you take part in a church. They go together. It's who you are. Hebrews 10.25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So if you're a Christian, being a part of a church will definitely be a part of your life's journey. Yes, this is basic. I just give you three very basic things that you can know for your life's journey that will help you live abundantly. If you desire family, you believe it's part of your journey, If you desire to be fulfilled physically with a partner, then you need to be married the way God says. That's pretty simple. You want to eat and provide for others? Get a good job. You want to serve God fully? 
You want to be fulfilled and have his blessing? Come, then be part of a church. And I know I'm preaching to you. You're here. You already get it or you wouldn't be here. But I'm praying that somebody will hear this on a podcast who maybe hasn't gone for a long time. And they'll say, you know what? I do need to be part of a church. I can't do it alone. I need to be with other believers so that I can be effectively shining a light for my community. I had a brother here tell me a story. And he shared how a minister went to visit a gentleman who hadn't been to church for a long time. And the gentleman said, I don't think I need to be at church anymore because, you know, there's hypocrites there. And sometimes people don't like me. And sometimes I don't like people. I don't think I need to go. And they were sitting there beside the fire that was burning in the fireplace. And the minister listened to him and he took the poker and he stuck the one log from the fireplace off to this side and he stuck the other log off to this side and he pushed some coals here and some coals there. And the fire went out really quick. He got up from his tea and he left. He never said a word. As he was heading out the door, the man said, thank you, I'll be in church next Sunday. You and I need each other. We were called to be a body of believers, not one believer by themselves. So I want to encourage you with those basic life principles. Stick those at the foundation of whatever you do. If God's going to make you a famous musician, make sure you have those three at the bottom of what you do. If God's going to make you a multi-million dollar businessman, make sure you put those three that I just gave you at the bottom of everything you do. You want his blessing to overtake you? That's what you have to do. It doesn't matter where he's taking you. Put those under and use that as the beginning process. So church, read his word. Read it daily. Learn it, understand it. Don't read it just to pass time. Read it to feel his heart. What is he saying to me? And then obey it. So let me finish by saying this. When we obey, the blessings overtake. You see, God has a life path for you, and he wants to reveal it to you, and he will reveal it to you a little bit at a time and then you simply obey. But if you're unwilling to obey, why would he reveal it? You see, he can reveal to you great and amazing things that he wants to do with you, but if you choose to never get up and do it, it won't happen. I want to finish with saying this. What is God saying to you? The message we shared today, I, I really went into some things deep. I, I think maybe for some of you might have thought, that's a little hard. I realized I can preach to you all the amazing things. I can tell you about the overflow and the wealth. I can tell you about even pray and ask God to show you something great in your future. But if you don't get this right, you won't get there. If you don't get this right blessing can't overtake you. Is it going to be easy to make things right? No, it never is. The devil doesn't want you to get things right, so he's not going to make it easy, but the blessing will overtake you when you do it.
Make it right, whatever it takes. I know many people who have made it right. Many people, including myself, who have messed up and realized we got to make this right if we want God's blessing to overflow. And it isn't easy, but it's worth it. It isn't easy, but it's worth it. And church, unfortunately, I can say that I've also seen people who were doing really well and decided they didn't care anymore. And it's gone really, really bad. His word doesn't lie. I've seen people go from having everything to facing time in jail. His word doesn't lie. And I've seen people who have come out of jail and decide they're going to follow him to getting their families back. Good jobs. Lives glowing and flowing like never before. His word doesn't lie. And it doesn't matter where you are on that journey. If you continue in disobedience, it's going to get really bad. But if you continue in obedience, and right now you're thinking, boy, I've been obeying for a while and I'm not seeing it, you continue. I guarantee he can't lie. He will bless your socks off. I don't actually know what that means, bless your socks off. But I say that every once in a while. I'm like, what does that even mean? my socks off <laughs> oh boy <laughs> what does that mean you'll bless my socks off anyhow he'll bless you a whole bunch he can't lie keep obeying him make it right if you're living together not married if you're doing things do whatever it takes to make it right because he wants the blessing to overtake you he'll do it he will and if it seems too hard ask him to help you Ask him to show you how. Ask him, who can I ask? Who can I talk to that'll come alongside and help? Because he wants to bless you.